This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good morning to you too, sir. <laughs> it is morning. Oh, no, man, dude, it just shows you where my mind is. Yeah, it's Friday morning, actually. We're recording it. At, is. A, at You know, we've, we've mixed it up once. We're mixing it up temporarily for this week. And uh, yeah, I've lost my mind, dude. <laughs> you know, this is the beautiful thing. I mean, on occasion, we like to pull back the curtain and let people know kind of how the sausage is made for better or for worse. But, you know, we're, we're very transparent here. We really are. Square yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. I want to be, you know, I want people to know us, you know, they, they, no, absolutely. Well, one of my one of my things with my closest friends is that I'm going to give them the chance to accept me or reject me for who I right. really am. And so, you know, <laughs> exactly so here right. here it is. Take it or leave it. And and for some reason, we have a few people that stick around. So <laughs> take us as we are. Take our show. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's exactly right, Matt. But uh, <laughs> we are we are here recording and. It is a relatively beautiful day here in Houston, which has been kind yeah. of interesting because obviously with all the um, the hammering on the coast of uh, of tropical storms and hurricanes and the like, it's uh, it's been a plethora of rain. A lot of people have been kind of checking in, seeing how we were doing. Most yeah. of that was down at Corpus Christi. And, I thought that was maybe a little directly. south of you guys. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, but you yeah. know, I think what it is is you know you you grew up here. I live here now. I think a lot of people they hear Texas and they they forget just how big Texas is. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like <laughs> but I and I do appreciate the the thoughts of concern and everything, but we are all good down here That's in, great. Uh, in Houston anyway. That's uh great. man, how are you doing? Yeah, do, doing okay. You know, it's um it has just been such an interesting year. I mean, you know, obviously we can all say that, but mm. um yeah, this this year particularly, I mean, it has been it has been really wild. Businesses just so different than it than it always is. We're having uh, a lot of sales, and it's followed by some slow times, and it's just truly really hard to predict, even more than than usual, I'd say. So, yeah, I mean, just trying to keep it on the rails and uh, and and doing good. We're uh, getting to you know see some folks and catching up with some friends that, as they have time to stop by and uh, you know wear masks and all that stuff. And yeah, it's just it's a crazy season, but we're uh, yeah we're doing okay, doing okay, <laughs> making it work, making, <laughs> making it, it work. work, baby, making it work. Yeah, slinging a lot of pipe tobacco. It's uh it's really something. Uh, uh, I think you know. With all this, uh, folks have uh, just said, you know what? If I if I can't go to my favorite, you know, watering hole, or you know, all the restaurants are closed, or you know, I, it's hard to go on a trip right now, that kind of thing. The least I can do is smoke my pipe. And uh, man, people are people are pounding it. <laughs> they really are. So yeah, it's uh, it's kind of exciting. You know, it's been. Uh, you know, at least good to be a part of a community that really supports each other and, and that kind of thing. So, and I love seeing what people are doing, um, you know, in all the forums and everything, how they, uh, you know, stay connected. So uh, pretty cool. Yeah. That's exactly right. And you know what, with something that we, we want to hear from you guys, uh, you know, we've mentioned the course, if you've got a, uh, a local pipe shop that is uh, just killing it right now, coming up with uh, unique ways to connect with the local pipe community, or even like with your, uh, your, your local pipe community, how are y'all staying connected? We want to hear from y'all so that we can really highlight some clubs, some shops, and some communities around the country. And, and you know, to share best practices, of course, but again, also to highlight like y'all as well. So uh, right into the show, show at countrysquireradio.com. Uh, we'll be putting together, we've got uh, some great stories already, but we're, we're looking forward to highlighting uh, some of these stories as, as part of this. Uh, yeah, just a, just a way to really, you know, highlight some folks. Um, no, that's that's at, right. I mean, there, there are some success stories during this time, right, of, of exactly community, right, yeah. pipe communities staying together and staying engaged and, um, you know, continuing to, 
uh, collaborate and uh, you know fellowship and all that kind of stuff and and so that that's what we want to do man we want to talk about uh, you know just what what your community's doing your favorite uh, you know if it's a if it's a local group if it's a forum if it's your shop if it's uh, you know whatever we just want to kind of you know air some of those stories and uh, and talk about all the all the positive things that are going on because there are a lot so yeah that's right man that's right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well hey uh, so this is this is great man of course we we are uh, brought to you by the good folks over at patreon.com slash country squire radio our, our patrons and club members who have been making this show happen we've got some new club members as well unfortunately I, I don't have them right in front of me so that uh, next week we've got <laughs> next week yeah, next week we got a great, great uh, suite of uh, of new names to butcher here from the folks that are uh, uh, helping to make this this show happen. But man, I'm I'm really stoked and excited for this, man. Because of course we've got we've got an episode that um, how do I say this? How do I say this? Um, you know the word controversy gets thrown around a lot these days. Uh, you know, boy, in, does in, it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and and in many respects, you know, I think you know I think there is something to be said for the enjoyment of controversy that doesn't matter. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, do, do you hear what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. There's a cathartic experience that is like arguing with like, like this intense passion for your favorite sports team uh, or right. for, you know, for like Marvel versus DC. Don't say Gumby. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever <laughs> your particular, you know, the uh, thing is that you can kind of bring that full force passion, but not have it be so like, you know, important that it's going to like, you know, mess up Thanksgiving, so no, to speak. Yeah, no, that's, that's right. That's right. We, so, you know, it's good to, uh, you know, kick the ant bed occasionally and just kind of yeah. uncover some of these things because, you know, even though they're not, uh, you know, do or die kind of deals, they're not litmus tests necessarily for, uh, you know, who's going to uh, have the correct answer. You know, we, we all have our opinions and, and a lot of times they're strong. Um, that's right. That's right. And, and passionate. That's that's and, what I like, you know, and, to, to and, say. And passionate. I, I want to begin this discussion before we even uh, before we even announce the topic, uh, which you know will be in the name of the uh, of the episode, but yeah, I mean, but, like that, we, we're always we always do this, and yet obviously everyone knows what we're about. Exactly, to talk. I, I love that. It's funny. I, I recently admitted that to myself, and for the first time, it was like you're an idiot, you know, <laughs> man. But Bo, let me ask you, what what's your favorite cake? Oh, ooh, ooh. Okay, all right. What a great question. Um, These are not quick diff- fire questions, but yeah, no, I know, go, go I what, know, what, what's but your, like, yeah. Okay, so it depends on the occasion. If it's I knew I was going to get an answer like this. No, no, no. no. I mean, like, I, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll narrow it down to two, which is very difficult. But if, if it's my birthday, it's caramel cake because okay. that was my grandfather's favorite cake. He always had it on his birthday. My dad always had it on his birthday, and now I always have it on my birthday as well. So caramel cake. Uh, however, for most other occasions, I'm a big fan of a red velvet cake. Okay. Like with that that cream cheese icing, man. Whew, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, intense flavor, lots of complexity there. Uh, man, the cream cheese icing, uh, a caramel cake has the uh, you know real nice uh, you know obvious outside uh, flavoring with the uh, you know slightly sweetened interior. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, what well, uh, next? What is your what is your favorite barbecue sauce? Or or if it's a rub, what's your favorite rub? Oh come on, man! I you know we we make kind of a, a homemade rub here of a lot of different uh, uh, spices that go in for barbecue sauce though. Anything that I can throw some uh, some Tonys or not Tonys some Tabasco in. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I go okay. cheap and then go hot. That's what I do for my barbecue sauce. Okay, all right, that's fair. Well, what about what about your favorite whiskey? I know we've talked about this before on the show, but what's mm. your favorite your favorite brown water? All right, so I will stick with what I normally tell people, which is Buffalo Trace. Uh, however, I am a big fan of Old Soul. 
uh, although they have been changing up the recipe a little bit. That's that's a whole thing. But uh, yeah, Buffalo Trace is my kind of safety go-to uh, bourbon of choice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, all, all those are all those are good and fair answers. What what is your favorite English blend? Well, I, I uh, one of the great English blends from the Country Squire, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Shepherd's pie, for instance, right? Yes. Well, yes. okay. Uh, I'll, 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 but uh, of course, Frog, uh, Frog uh, Morton on the town, or something of that nature, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, I like I like English blend. No, the Fox the Bakers, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is an English blend. Um, uh, the Bankers, which yeah, the Bankers. Yep. If I'm not, I think that's an English blend. Correct it me is. if I'm wrong on that. Well, okay. I, yeah, and I know you love you love the Frog Morton blend and have smoked uh, a lot of our Cornishmen here at the shop and things of that nature. But, um, you know, all these things I just mentioned, you know, what 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 do they have in common? Right. That's kind of where I'm getting at this. And um, and, you know, it, it it's remarkable to say, but you think like, OK, well, whiskey, uh, you know, barbecue sauce, cake, English blends, uh, Virginia blends. Um what do these things have in common, right? Where, where am I going with this? And 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 the common denominator here is that flavor at some point in the process has been altered of these of these substances or of of these products by a foreign substance uh, that has been added to the mix now, now, now think about that i mean even even with the sense of whiskey like like you know when you're drinking your favorite whiskey um, you know you are you are drinking a uh, a spirit that has been imparted with the flavor of charred oak barrels like that that is a that is a thing right like mm-hmm. you're not you're not just drinking whiskey that came from uh you know a honeysuckle somewhere <laughs> although that sounds pretty good but right. um but yeah it, it, at some point all these things were flavored uh with some type of foreign substance that um that generally sweetened uh even if very 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 lightly uh you know these um you know these things that you that you're consuming and um you know we've we've talked about it before but honestly you know today uh it, with you know having said all this it is time to go to the mat for flavored tobacco <laughs> man flavored tobacco is real tobacco and um and and we're talking about the defense of flavored tobacco today and um and, and just kind of discussing that some so um yeah you know i thought it would be good to you know talk about um you know flavored tobacco in this sense we do joke around and talk about how oh well you smoke aromatics and i smoke only english blends or only virginias or you know virginia burleys or whatever and and the the thing about it is that you know uh, the heart and soul really of of pipe smoking certainly of the pipe smoking community is the aromatic tobacco i mean it, it is it is not only uh the most popular but it in some ways it's the most historic it's it is so much of the uh, the pipe community existing today is built on the shoulders of aromatic tobacco, and so uh, man, we're we're talking about the um, man the we're the defense of aromatic tobacco. We want to go to the mat for uh, for it, and uh, and um, man, just you know, and it's funny we talk about this like you mentioned, you know, um, you know who's your favorite sports team? Uh, we ch- we fight over things like you know what's better, chocolate or vanilla, kind of thing. But but in reality, flavored tobacco today, aromatic tobacco is actually to some degree literally uh, under attack it, it you know in certain uh, parts of the world certain states even in the United States um, you know they're trying to outlaw flavored tobaccos and and so you think like wow that okay that would take away a lot of the aromatic tobaccos that are that are there but 
it, it would actually have a larger effect because of all the the lurking flavoring processes that are that are hiding out everywhere and so um yeah it's just uh man it, so we so we talk about it tongue-in-cheek but we also talk about it as a uh, you know as a real thing man like flavored tobacco you know we has a has a very central role in the pipe smoking world so yeah all right. Well, let, let's let's do this first, because I, I think it I think it's fair. I mean, if somebody is, you know, if we've got kind of a new pipe smoker who's listening to this and they're like English aromatics, y'all got to break that down for me. Um, we want to do that. But also, I think we also need to break down for them. Like, why is this even a thing? Because you know what I mean? If you're coming in fresh, like, you know, why? Why would why would people uh, respond? Why, why on earth uh, would aromatic tobacco need defense? from you know the pipe community because it's the same reason that we need defense from people like brian levine for being short and furry oh come on <laughs> come on man it is. it is that's the thing it's the same exact thing you know it's like we you know as as friends and as uh community members and as pipe smokers we like to rip on each other you know we're mm-hmm. we're, we're guys and gals that you know like to uh pick on each other and get under each other's skin and uh, poke fun and, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, there's always that thing, you know, oh, you're too short or whatever, or, you know, um, uh, you like the wrong team. And it's like, well, aromatics, they're, they're like, oh, you smoke the stuff that tastes like candy. Like that's, right, you know, right. that that's something that you don't, uh, you know, necessarily, you're not smoking real tobacco because it's been flavored. And, um, and but let's and, talk about that. Cause I think that there yeah. is something to be said, like, you're right. There is a tongue in cheek nature to that. But sometimes I get the sense, man, that that is not always tongue in cheek, that there is a real snobbery yes. when it comes to the yes. nation the notion of like you know what you smoke and whether or not it's english or aromatics you know i mean like i, I i'm guilty i'm raising my hand here i mean like you know if if someone's smoking cherry even like when they're a new new pipe smoker they tell me like what do you smoke oh i found this great cherry tobacco i'm always biting my lip like uh-huh <laughs> you know? that's one way to live your life yeah <laughs> i know it, it, it it's true you know we all have our uh, our own prejudices and and opinions about things like that and and taste but um you know it, it it's it's um it, it's there's a wide variety out there aromatic tobaccos cover quite a bit uh, well, what is an aromatic tobacco an aromatic tobacco is a tobacco that has enough topping that's a top dressing a flavoring that has been added to the tobacco through the process uh, of of manufacturing it to have a noticeable change in room note and a distinctive taste and so you know it's that you're taking a tobacco product but you're 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 modifying it to taste like something else distinctively okay um and so you know and that's where we think about when we think about uh, aromatic tobaccos we think of those uh you know caramel blends or those uh you know vanilla blends cherry chocolate uh you know things uh, whiskey things like rum and all these uh different types of tobaccos that uh, have this nice silky sweetness to them that you know make the room smell good your your uh, your friends enjoy it and all that kind of stuff and so we think about you know a, a lot of pipe smokers that you know consider themselves more of a purist you know they they look at those tobaccos you know from the sidelines and they think well well that's silly you're smoking the kid stuff like uh you know that's um you know that's not real tobacco kind of thing it's almost like smoke you know it, you, you pick on the guy that drinks a you know miller high life like me uh but then you know that comes from the standpoint of someone that's enjoying your uh you know imported trappist blah 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 you know right right, right, exactly so but you know for for me not only are aromatic tobaccos the real thing they are arguably again the heart and soul of the hobby And, and i really want people to understand them especially um since they are you know under attack from a 
um, from, in some sense, a regulatory standpoint, but also, uh, you know, just, just, just to understand your, your, you know, your friends that smoke these pansy tobaccos, if you think that's what, uh, what they are. Uh, we, we generally divide aromatic tobaccos into two different categories, Bo. We've got the confectionery uh, tobaccos, and this has a wide variety of, uh, of different flavors in there. Confectionery, you think of things like uh, chocolate, vanilla, honey, caramel, nougat, uh, but, the, but also the nutty uh, and liqueur flavors, things like hazelnut, whiskey, rum, uh, you can throw maple in there. These are, you know, more food-based, uh, you know, uh, uh, savory-ish uh, type of type of things that are, uh, you know, silky and, and sweet. And then, so that's the confectionery side of your aromatics. And on the other side, you have the fruit flavors. Those are the ones that are more uh, tart, more, uh, they can be semi-sour, uh, you know, certainly sweet. A lot of times these are, um, you know, relatively syrupy, uh, make the room smell very good. Things like cherry, blackberry peach, apricot, uh, raspberry, watermelon. There's watermelon pipe tobacco that's out there. I, I haven't mm. tried it, but I know mm. it exists. Those are kind of the two main categories there. And we, we know and love, you know, these tobaccos, uh, you know, and, and they're all, you know, there. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. A lot of this stuff was developed a very long time ago. Uh, you know, the primitive flavoring techniques that gave birth to the modern bestsellers, uh, even non-aromatic tobaccos, uh, started so long ago. And, um, you know, it, and, and so it's a part of the tobacco history. And, and it really begins at the, at the very beginning as uh, not just the Europeans came over and started to, you know, develop this in a um, in an economic, you know, manufacturing kind of way. But even even before that, you know, uh, you know the the folks, the indigenous folks here in the United States that were uh, consuming it for personal and ceremonial ceremonial reasons, uh, the flavoring process of these tobaccos started a very long time ago. And why did that take place? Why why did we start flavoring tobacco? If if tobacco were so great, uh, you, you know, everyone just by itself, everyone would smoke it uh, unflavored, right? That's just you know how it would work. Well, yeah, the thing. Just like like coffee and whiskey, of course. Just like coffee and whiskey, right? You'd never, you'd never <laughs> drink a, you know, a, a, a spirit that's been put in an oak barrel, or you'd never drink uh, a coffee maybe with a little cream, or you know, roasted with a, you know, chicory or something of that nature. Like insanity. The, it's insanity, right? But the, the the fact of the matter is, natural tobacco, bow. It just kind of tastes bad. <laughs> it's bad. It is. I mean, like that's that's the reality. Especially, I mean, like you know, I, I love the comparison to coffee because you you, you love coffee now. I mean, you love coffee now. You can't live without it. Yeah. You think back to like the first time you ever had black coffee. Well, and and back like, in the day, on. back in the day when that was like, you know, now it, it, it's one thing if, you know, you're our age and you your first cup of coffee was, uh, you know, from decades uh, ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, from, you know, a, a Dunkin Donuts or something. But I mean, think well, that's about right, yeah. think about, you know, primitive. Co- think about what they were drinking during the Civil War. Right. I mean, th- this stuff wasn't. It didn't taste good, Bo. Like it, it was there to per, to to have an effect. You were you were drinking it for the uh you know the soothing caffeinating effect of this of this substance. You know what I mean? Um, right. You know th- this is I mean this this is stuff that they ground up with like roots to cut it with just to you know make it make it stretch longer kind of deal. Um and, and you know our, our friend Greg Peace he uh one of those guys you want to be at least if you're in my shoes uh, when you grow up. Uh, he's offered a lot of material on this through the years and a lot of wisdom, so I'd, I'd point folks there. But, um, you know, Greg has offered a lot of uh, understanding here and that the understanding of how tobacco in itself is just not not a particularly good 
uh, you know, it, it, it just doesn't taste very good without a little help uh, right out, particularly those burleys and, and a lot of Virginia varieties that uh, that just need some uh, need some love on the front end in order to get them a little more palatable. So, um, you know, this started with the, the Native Americans as they smoked uh, unflavored tobacco to experience the side effects of tobacco. Well, even even then, they, they found uh, flavoring processes that uh, made the tobacco more enjoyable and more uh, consumable to, uh, you know, just your average Joe. Uh, Native Americans learned to blend fresh herbs with the tobaccos uh, to impart specific flavors to make them more palatable. Um, a, a favorite blending ingredient, uh, you know, typically with... Uh, um, you know, folks in the in the upper Midwest, they would get the bark of like a willow tree and dogwood trees. Um, they would take sumac leaves, which uh, is kind of interesting to me. And and uh, you know, they would they would cure these along with the tobacco. And you know, it was customary at this point. You know, we're talking you know thousands of years ago, Bo. Um, you know, for the final blends of of you know smoking mixture that they were smoking to have only thirty to forty percent of tobacco. They were smoking a lot of these you know willow bark and stuff to because it tasted good it smelled good it tasted good it made it more pleasant uh you know you could you could edit the uh the blend how you wanted to just like you do today yeah i like this blend but i wish it had a little more cherry in it i wish it had a little more latakia whatever you know and um and, and they were doing the same thing they weren't just taking the one leaf they had and uh and putting up with it because they wanted a nicotine fix they wanted it to taste good you know just like we do today and 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 how folks have for a very long time so you know fast forward Forward, Bo, a few hundred years, and um, you know we were in the era of the British Navy. Uh, they conquered the you know much of the world, and and they took the tobacco with them. You know we think about all those uh, you know uh, legendary sailors, you know smoking their pipe. It's an image that's burned in our uh, in our consciousness, and um, you know and and then we think about it from a you know standpoint of the products that are out there. These Navy tobaccos, right? We're familiar mm. with that word. Uh, you know Navy tobacco. The 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 seamen at the time. They were, uh, you know, issued tobacco, um, you know, as a as a ration, right along with their food and, uh, you know, choice portion of, of rum or beer, and uh, you know that that was part of their uh, part of their pay. You know, we've got we're going to give you some tobacco to help you get through this difficult journey, kind of thing, and 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 boy, they needed it, <laughs> you know, right, yeah, um, you know, because of that, they took uh, the tobacco all over the world. But they needed to experiment with ways of preserving it, ways of making it uh, palatable for a very long period of time. I mean, think about, you know, your okay. Someone gives you, a, I mean, what would you do, right? Your your ship is leaving New South Wales, <laughs> and you're going to like New Zealand or something, and someone hands you a plant, right? Someone hands you a plant, and and not even a plant. They're 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 handing you like a bunch of leaves, right? It's like, okay, you're you're about to go on this thing. Honestly, your chances of returning alive are not very good. Uh, but you know, here's your here's your plant, uh, and that that's part of your pay. So you know, what what are you gonna do with that in order to try to preserve it and keep it so that you can use it throughout your journey because it's such a precious precious thing. Um, and and navy tobaccos were born through a lot of experimentation. Um, you know, throughout this process, they, you know, when they would begin, they would wrap the tobacco in canvas and then cover it in tar, uh, you know, just to encase the tobacco, almost like to make it uh, in a little cocoon. Think of like extremely, uh, you know, backward saran wrap kind of stuff. <laughs> the, the problem with, you know, uh, covering your tobacco with uh, canvas and then dousing it with tar is that, you know, we, we, we realize that, you know, tobacco leaves are very 
you know, they're absorbent. They absorb a lot of flavor and aromas. And so, you know, if you if you put tar very close to your uh, tobacco, even if it's not touching your tobacco, it's gonna it's gonna taste like tobacco. <laughs> it's gonna taste like tar. Uh, you know, much like uh, you know the whiskey in a barrel tastes like uh, you know the the charred oak that's surrounding it. Uh, it's just part of that process. So, um, so they learned at, at kind of an early stage. You know, similar to the uh, Native Americans to make this more palatable, they could add some um, some sugar water or some rum to this to give the tobacco some uh, some seasoning to help it last longer. It was not just a part, you know, so that you would enjoy the flavor more, but it was even a preservative. Uh, they learned that if they soaked the tobacco in this flavoring uh, substance, whether it's some kind of syrup or, uh, you know, just a just a rum a base or something, that, that actually the tobacco would last longer. It actually had a positive effect on the leaf itself and allowed these guys to enjoy the tobacco for, for much, much longer periods of time. Um, they, they would actually soak the tobacco in these, uh, you know, let's say rum, and then they twist it or press it. Uh, we, it's where we get these uh, curly cuts and these uh, pigtails and these uh, these uh, tobacco twists, you know, and rolls and 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 and, um, and and flakes and cakes. You know, that's where all this comes from. They'd press it because it helped it store uh, for a longer period of time, along with that moisture that they had imparted to it. So, um, and, and and it dried out less quickly as well. So for a longer period of time, it you know it tasted better, and you could use it for a long longer period of time, it would be in good shape. So, um, you know, the flavoring process in that sense, Bo, allowed tobaccos to go worldwide. I mean, tobaccos could, you know, at that point, uh, go go throughout the world because they were able to, um, you know, take them and um, you know, and, and, and cure them, I guess, in that way that, you know, would help them uh, have longevity, but also be more enjoyable. So, I mean, so even back to the very, the very beginning, you know, the, the first uh, individuals, certainly in the Western world that were um, Western Hemisphere, you know, that were uh, cultivating this tobacco, uh, using it for very, very important purposes, uh, they were uh, they were flavoring this tobacco, right? They were making it more palatable for uh, for their enjoyment, and so it, it, you know the the aromatic tobacco process literally, quite literally, goes back to the very beginning. You might try to divorce, um, you know, the primitive flavoring techniques that we just mentioned from modern aromatics, but you know, if you if you think about it, it's actually really hard to do. Uh, you know, modern. Are, aren't you would you might ask aren't modern syrupy aromatics aren't they you know different from this um well yes and no right i mean you've got uh you know tobaccos that you know are uh you know very very heavily cased uh you know with all kinds of crazy flavors they make the leaf uh very moist and and can be goopy it can be hard to smoke and keep lit and all these all these things but you know folks have been adding flavoring to consumable products for civilization, you know, or since the beginning of civilization. I mean, that's that's why I kind of started this by asking you about your favorite, uh, your favorite whiskey or your favorite barbecue sauce or, mm. uh, you know, your favorite your favorite cake or uh, you, you name it. What's your favorite consumable product? And um, you know, at some point, uh, so many of these things have added have had some type of flavoring added to them over. 
you know, over a period of time. And that's an important part of their developmental process um, and how they, you know, evolved into something popular that uh, is very, you know, highly consumed today. And so, um, you know, I, I just think it's interesting to to think about that and honor that uh, just as a concept. You know, there, there are bad aromatics. <laughs> you know, I think that's the thing, yeah. right? They're, they're, you know, let's, let's give aromatics a seat at the table because they, in some ways, founded the table, right? They built the table. But, you know, let's, let's have the good aromatics at the table. There, there are some bad aromatics, right? Of course there's bad aromatics. There's bad English blends too, but sure. Yes, yeah. if you're going to have them at the table, then of course you want 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 the best. I mean, you wouldn't get the hamster cage stuff. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that that's the thing, you know, some some have been, you know, some aromatics have been so clumsily flavored uh, that, you know, a lot of times what we see in aromatic tobaccos, particularly the ones that are just not high quality, they just taste like semi-sweet heat. You know, you hmm. just you, your tongue, the sensation is hot with a little sweetness, you know, and, and so you're just not getting a lot out of that. Now, your your friends might get a lot out of it. They make a lot of these make the room, you know, smell so good, even if it uh, your only experience is just your tongue feels like it's, you know, boiling lava. <laughs> you know, it makes the room smell really, really good. Uh, that can be a, you know, a part of the experience, you know, but a lot of times, yeah, that that's all you're really getting is just this lightly sweetened heat flavor. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's a there's a lot, um, you know, of um, tobaccos out there that are like this. Many have um, the unfortunate infun- uh, misuse of uh, too much propylene glycol. Propylene glycol is a preservative that, um, you know, can help um, any type of food material stay fresh for a longer period of time, longer shelf life. Um, you know, and it, it actually has a great value if used in small portions. It's safe and food grade and, you know, something that can certainly be a part of the uh, recipe that we use for these types of things. But, uh, you know, it's often overdone. It's often, uh, you know, something that, um, you know, can be taken uh, too far and, and make your tobacco into a sludgy, uh, just, uh, you know, heat heat-centric, uh, you know, amalgam that, you know, generally is, uh, you know, used for, um, you know, just making the room smell good, if, if nothing else. So, um, you know, the hallmark of great blenders, and, and, and again, what I want to be when I grow up, right? We talked about Greg Peace. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about, um, we've mentioned before, uh, the, uh, you know, who won our best artisan blender of 2019, uh, Ken Byron Ventures, Jeremy, who, who runs that, uh, makes some of the best and most uh, interesting tobaccos in today's world. Uh, we talk about these guys. These are these are guys, you know, you, you aspire to be if you're in the tobacco world. And, um, you know, the hallmark of a great blender is appropriately using flavors uh, to enhance the natural flavor, right? You, you're kind of, you're taking these, you're taking these flavors that are added and you're, you're adding it to the mix in order to get the tobacco. Uh, it, it's almost like the sum is better than the parts, right? <laughs> hmm. And and there's really something there I think that's beautiful, huh. you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, tobacco, again, uh, you know, Mr. Peace has, has had a lot of, uh, Greg Peace, it, we mentioned his name, if you've heard of GL Peace Tobaccos, that's uh, who we're referring to, 
you know most most tobacco enthusiasts will will know know that name. But you know, for new listeners, uh, that's you know kind of who we're who we're talking about there. Greg, uh, just longtime blender, uh, you know, one of those guys that's just a giant uh, in our world, and you know, he's been really helpful over the years explaining how tobaccos are processed and how they're cured. We mentioned that earlier, um, you know, but the the natural tobacco product uh, needs a little a little help to get it palatable, to get it smokable, and and so um, you know that is that that is part of that. And so taking these taking these uh, you know slight flavorings here and there uh, just to to augment to uh, you know uh, bolster that that natural flavor, the good parts of it, uh, particularly these Burleys and Virginias that uh, just have kind of an acrid natural taste. Uh, you know, I think there's just really a lot of uh, greatness there when a tobacconist can really. Uh, you know, can really uh, accomplish that. That that's that's impressive to me. Um, you know, a light, uh, semi-sweet tobacco that has natural, uh, you know, toasty and grassy flavors to it, but with nuance that adds to the smokability and to the enjoyment. Um, you know, the uh, the tobacco to me that kind of epitomizes this, I guess, Bo is is the MacBaron mixture uh, Scottish blend. You know, uh, you know, really, I don't even think of this as an aromatic tobacco, but it is a flavor tobacco. It's got uh, plenty of different uh, you know, flavorings uh, in this particular uh, tobacco. You get uh, hints of cocoa and liqueur and uh, nougat, and I mean, it's just all over the map. It's it's a very complex tobacco, but but it smokes like a non-aromatic. It tastes like a non-aromatic. It's got this, um, you know, this delicious, natural, uh, just silage, grassy, oaty uh, flavor to it that's just so pleasing and and really hearty. You're, you're not necessarily thinking of a uh, you know, cherry blueberry fusion sundae kind of thing, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, it's not stereotypical. Yeah. No, that's right. And so, you know, again, I, when I think of, you know, an aromatic done well, uh, I think of, of tobaccos like that, that that actually are uh, flavored that you don't even think of as flavored, you know? Uh, flavors are lurking everywhere. We think about uh, the lemon oil that's in, uh, you know, Dunhill Flake or, uh, you know, Orlick Golden Sliced. Uh, things like, um, you know, the, the flavored Virginias and Burley that are in some of your favorite English blends that are out there. Uh, things like Royal Yacht, you know, that have this uh, kind of interesting plum uh, topping that's that's on there. I mean, who doesn't like uh, some of that stuff occasionally, you know? And um, and so it, it's, it's truly lurking everywhere. So if you're one of those people that says, I only smoke natural tobaccos, I don't smoke flavored tobacco, chances are, you're wrong. You actually do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and so, and so, just uh, you know, appreciate that. Appreciate that 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 has a place. It has a purpose. It's it's all about uh, the amount of of flavoring that's added and how much and how delicate and um, you know how if it's uh, if it's nuanced and subtle and sophisticated or if it's uh, in your face and uh, you know bold or, or even clumsy and ham-fisted you know it's like which which side of the spectrum are you on but but in all likelihood you you are a, uh, a flavored tobacco smoker and um, you know so so let's just admit it and let's be honest who doesn't like a piece of cake every now and then there you go there you go some barbecue sauce and even some cherries on top occasionally that's it that's it <laughs> man all right well i think i think you've you've certainly made the case here now let me ask you this though i mean one of the things you know as as someone who um has known quite a few like diehard aromatic smokers as someone who has known quite a few uh english blend snobs 
Uh, I can. I mean, like, look, I'm gonna. <laughs> not I'm all of them are snobs. It. Not all of them. No, are snobs. I know, but I kind of feel. If I'm being honest, we don't want to pick kinda, on our English blend smokers now. They're a very important uh, part of this community. <laughs> no, I know. I'm not picking on them. I'm not. But they they know. I mean, come on, you know. It's it's one thing. Like I feel like it's one thing to like make fun of. Uh, you know, like ah, uh, you know, like there's a there's an insult for someone who is a aromatic smoker that's a little bit more demeaning than saying that you're a snob you know what i mean like yeah, snobbery no, I, I is a compliment yeah. in and of itself to some extent I understand. Right? <laughs> but it's all about how, how you uh you know how, how you treat the uh treat the folks that, that that might not be on your level or might not desire to ever you know expand their palate to that that way so my question is how do we now that we have uh, you know you have appropriately defended aromatics like, what is the challenge now for English smokers in this space? Because as, as you mentioned, it goes beyond just a matter of treating your fellow uh, pipe smoker well, which is an important factor as, as, you know, as you go along. But with, you know, the fact that there are kind of some regulatory concerns uh, as it relates to aromatics and that sort of thing. What's, what, what is a good English blend smoker to do about this product line and, and the, the pipe smokers <laughs> that they, they may not find themselves there as, if that makes sense. You know, you know Bo, I don't, I don't think they have to do anything. I think they have to keep smoking their English blends and enjoying them. But just, you know, just kind of know that, uh, that and understand that, um, you know, flavoring is much more complex than, um, than what people might think. You know, it's not, not necessarily this uh, uh, in-your-face um, you know, very, uh, you know, centric process that, you know, um, is uh, uniform and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's, it can be very complex and nuanced. And, um, and, and chances are your favorite English blend that you're smoking has some leaf in it uh, that at some point has been cased ever, even ever so slightly, but just enough to add enough sweetness to augment the natural flavor of the tobacco and kind of, kind of round off the, the rough edges a little bit. That's just very, very common in, uh, in blending. And so if you're, if you're a Virginia smoker, uh, just understanding the same thing, uh, you know, as well. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't think they have to do anything. I I, I hope, my hope would be that they, uh, continue to enjoy the tobaccos that they like. Um, and, but just, you know, just kind of know, just know, know a little bit of the history about the, the leaf and how these things are, um, you know, are processed after they're grown and cured and, um, you know, and, um, and, and just, uh, just be thankful that you found a, a, a tobacco that tastes mostly natural <laughs> that you really like. All right. So that's John David's recommendation. I say it's not enough. I demand penance. <laughs> I demand penance. And you let will. me explain because I, as I've, as I've already mentioned, I am guilty. I find myself wanting in this space. I have been very judgmental about cherry. You judgmental? Uh, cherry Hey, you know, it's, it's part of my Presbyterian background. It's part of yours too, my brother. Like, it yeah, is. It's just part it of is. So, so, you know, but I, I, I am ready for the penance. So here's what I, here's what I am saying. For those of you like me who have found yourself as someone who has judged others for smoking aromatics. Now I have not judged people for smoking aromatics, but I have judged people for smoking a type, which is cherry. I say it's on us. Next time we go out to buy some pipe tobacco, next time you're ordering some pipe tobacco, you got to put something in there that you have judged other people for smoking. For me, it will be the cherriest of all cherry pipe tobaccos, and I am going to, uh, I'll, be, I'll be taking a picture of it and just, you know, using and just, I might even put penance as part of it. <laughs> 
but one way or the other, <laughs> this this is what this is the challenge I'm putting out there. And this is this is the way that I'm going to tamper it though, right? Because on the one hand, you gotta you gotta pay that penance. You gotta you gotta do that pipe tobacco that you wouldn't normally do. But okay, okay. In in order to both make sure that you are getting the fullness of your penance by getting every single flavor, but also being able to get an enjoyable smoking experience. Wow. I am gonna say you gotta do it with one of the great pipes from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Wow, that was <laughs> that was a thing of beauty and grace. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And you you even got so excited about it that instead of saying tempering, you said tampering. Which that's is what very, I said. Which, which, is, which is very <laughs> very appropriate for a pipe show. Exactly. <laughs> that was a thing of beauty, Bo. I, I hate I hate to even interrupt it to acknowledge it, but I had to. Uh, no, man, no, we it, we are so we are so grateful <laughs> for our friends at Missouri Meerschaum. They weekly make this show possible so that we can get together and uh, talk about our passion for pipes. And uh, this week I want to talk about something a little different that they produce something that they can get that you can get from them that uh, is a little little different from the normal corn cob pipe that we discuss and that is their leather tobacco pouch Missouri mm, Meerschaum makes some mm-hmm. beautiful leather tobacco pouches uh, these are pouches that uh, hold the pipe uh, accessories and your tobacco and uh, you know so it, it's one of those things right maybe you're a, a, a English blend smoker and you want to put your favorite uh, you know English blend in there or uh, maybe you like a um, you know, a, a flake tobacco and like to uh, keep it torn up, uh, you know, ahead of time and, and, and tote it along with you in a, a fashionable case along with your pipe and that kind of thing. Maybe you like a, a sweet aromatic, as we discussed, something that uh, is, is a cherry blend that uh, Bo may, uh, you know, talk about vomiting after smoking or <laughs> or something a little more uh, uh, nuanced, you know, or, or maybe maybe something like White Rose that uh, he's more uh, more prone to smoke. But that um, right there, that's a beautiful aromatic. That is that is. <laughs> (laughs) an aromatic from heaven itself that's a glorious man these pouches are really attractive they're beautiful leather pouches they come in oak brown burnt espresso and chocolate brown and they really are handsome Um, check them out you can get them at corncobpipe.com they've got a nice selection they retail anywhere from $25.99 to $32.99 and you can get them at the source at Missouri Meerschaum's website so check them out there you go that really was one of my best ones. That was that was beautiful. That, that was, I'm I'm proud of you. That's classic. Right I'm glad there. I'm glad I was there. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week this week coming in from Jack. Now, I'm not sure if this is Jack and the Beanstalk or Jack uh, the Nimble and the Quick Jack, but this is coming in from Jack. The Ripper. Uh, <laughs> ooh, you know what? You went in a totally different direction, and I now did. I'm terrified. kind of dark. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what Jack had to say. Uh, hey, guys, love the podcast. In short, it's emblematic of everything that I love about pipe smoking. A temporary pleasant distraction best shared with a friend that you appreciate most just after it's done. My father-in-law recently went to meet our Lord. He was great. He was a great mentor and friend and was one to introduce me to smoking. We'd enjoyed a bowl of the same pipe tobacco whenever he counseled or taught me. But near his passing, his supply ran dry. The blend was continental. 
from the now defunct original tinderbox, a strongly vanilla aromatic. I can't really tell what kind of tobacco it is. Uh, brown with a little black, but I'm happy to send pictures since I'm in Los Angeles. I can't take it uh, to a brick and mortar. And again, that is from listener Jack. Well, Jack, man, sorry, so sorry for uh, the loss of your father. It sounds like you've got so many great uh, memories, and and man, what a uh, man, just what a beautiful story that speaks to the core of why exactly we want to do this show. Um, yeah, it, it's really, really precious that you would share that with us, and um, you know, and and two that you know, as a as a father-in-law, you were actually close to him and had a good relationship with him, and boy, that's uh, that's pretty rare, <laughs> and really, really wonderful, man. So um, that's that's something to celebrate. But man, glad you found our podcast. Glad you're enjoying it. Um, yeah, you know, the original Tinderbox there, and all Tinderboxes, they had those Tinderbox blends that uh, you know would kind of seep out to different stores, but then also they would experiment in their own. Uh, you know, ecosystem and find out what their own customers liked. And it truly was a freestanding tobacconist in itself. And so there are a few tinderboxes left, I think, but uh, but not, not as many as uh, certainly there used to be. I've got some great tinderbox stories and I've got some horrible tinderbox stories, yeah, <laughs> to be think, honest. I think that's probably about about par for the course. Par but, for the course, that's true. Um, <laughs> man, yeah. Brown with a little black, uh, you know, uh, tobacco that you mentioned, it says, uh, you know, it kind of had a vanilla, uh, strong vanilla aromatic. You know, there's a there's a good chance uh, if it did have that black uh, material in there and it was sweet that that was some type of flavored black Cavendish. It could have been uh, anything from Lane BCA to... Um, you know, McClellan VBC. I mean, there's no telling what what it was. Um, the brown could have been uh, was most likely a, a sweetened burley. It could have been a, uh, a Virginia. It could have been both. Uh, and so there's just a just a variety of things that that could be. But um, anyway, if you uh, are able to you know find a uh, you know a substitute for it someday, I, I hope hope you can because uh, it sounds like that would be you know something you could really celebrate uh, in honor of your father-in-law. So thanks for writing, man. Have you, have you made, uh, I'm trying to think like, are there any Squire blends that have kind of that vanilla casing or flavor profile? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cherokee is our original blend. A Cherokee, it, it is an aromatic, but it's semi-sweet. It's not, uh, you know, it, he's looking for a strong vanilla aromatic. It has vanilla essence to it, uh, but it also just tastes like a nice, uh, earthy tobacco. And so that's, that's probably why it's our best seller. Um, but we also have one called Black and Tan, which is a, uh, sweetened Cavendish with a sweetened ver- burley. And there's a vanilla topping there, um, that helps it out. And so, um, you know, all that uh, works together really good. That's a that's a nice uh, vanilla aromatic. A, a very nuanced uh, vanilla that we do is one called Second Breakfast that we've talked about before on the show. Mm. Uh, Second Breakfast, one of our Tolkien-inspired blends, and uh, that's a vanilla maple. It has uh, uh, kind of a, 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 a true breakfasty uh, kind of flavor to it. It's, uh, you know, uh, complex and uh, just a light aromatic that has, um, you know, a, enough sweetness to keep you interested, so... Well, yeah, that's, uh, man, sorry. I just, I got a little distracted thinking about second breakfast. (laughs) That is a delicious pipe tobacco. Speaking of a a beautiful aromatic tobacco right there. Um, yeah, no, you know, it's interesting, you know, best of luck on your quest to find this pipe tobacco, hopefully by kind of amplifying it. Some uh, different folks may, may mention it. The other thing too, is, you know, if it it may be that you find a, a new, pipe tobacco that kind of speaks to that, that same flavor profile, you know, so much of memory is tied to flavor and smell and taste. Um, there's a lot of things like, (laughs) I I can't remember exactly what it was, but, um, I think I was like cutting something, some sort of vegetable in the kitchen the other day. 
And I kept on thinking about my grandfather and I had to, I had to call or I texted all my siblings like, why do I think of Fafa whenever I'm cutting this particular vegetable? (laughs) And they weren't sure, but I know it had something to do with the way that he cooked. Like it it had to have, you know what I mean? Like there's just something about that. So, you know, in, in your quest, I would also just encourage you to try a couple of different vanilla tobaccos and see which ones kind of capture that memory for you, um, for that particular smell, that particular taste. Uh, and yeah, that's, um, Man, what a, what a great story. Thanks so much for writing in, Jack. Um, by the way, if you are of the Beanstalk or Nimble or Quick or the Ripper, let us know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, if you got a pipe question of the week, be sure to send it in the show. Uh, show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick, quick fire, fire with, with the, the squire. squire. All right, quick fire questions. Ow! All right, man. Quick fire questions. We're in need of some new quick fire questions. Uh, I just want to put that out there uh, as uh, you know, we, we typically have this like massive well, you were talking at the top of the show, how like right now uh, at the shop, it's either feast or famine. Uh, that is, that is the case for quick fire questions. Mostly we either get like a ton of quick fire questions <laughs> or we have none quick fire questions. So this is a great time to send them those in. But I tell you what, since this is an aromatic centric show, I think it'd be great to have an aromatic quick fire question. So I'm going to throw some different flavors towards you. Okay. All right. All right. And the, the question is, what would you choose to be like 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 an aromatic tobacco of this particular flavor or this particular flavor. Some will be legitimate. Okay. Some might be ridiculous. Okay. All right. Imagine that. One. Country Squire Radio, <laughs> ridiculous. No, go, never. go go ahead, Bo. All right, all right. Let's let's start with the softball here. Uh brandy or whiskey? Brandy. I, I, I like whiskey. I like whiskey-flavored tobaccos occasionally, but uh, brandy presents more of a challenge, I think. There's, a, there's an interesting uh, sweetness, but also a, a kind of a burnt char, chariness there. There's a, there's a wine element. I, I don't know. I, I'll go with brandy. Okay. All right. Brandy's good. I would do the exact same. Uh, I do like that sweetness uh, as it kind of uh, partakes you know, to the pipe tobacco for sure. Um, all right. Now we're going to go a little citrusy here. All right. Okay. <laughs> lime or lemon? I think lemon. I, I think lemon lends itself well to uh, pipe tobaccos, particularly Virginia blends. You know, we think of uh, citrusy, um, uh, you know, tobaccos that have a uh, just a really nice... Um, I, I don't know that we always use the word grassy. Like, what does that mean? There's a a, a, a fresh uh, green uh, pasture element there that I think marries really well with uh, with a lemon topping. So, uh, so I'll go with lemon. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I will go with lemon for the sole purpose that I don't like lime. I've, I, that, uh, <laughs> I, I like, I like Panama. I mean, I like lime, the flavor in, in a lot of things, but not with pie tobacco. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, am a fan of Panama Jack. It's just a brand. I think it's kind of a cool company. But their key lime pie uh, pipe tobacco is some of the worst stuff I've ever smoked. <laughs> I mean, I'm just just being honest. On that. Uh, all right, so all right, there you go. Now let's 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 push the ridiculous factor here. All right, okay. are you ready? Yep. Okay. Portobello mushroom <laughs> or pickle? Wow. Well, okay. Let let me just say, I I I think 
I think Perique is the mushroom of the pipe world. Okay, like it, like okay, it, okay. it has huh. a mushroomy element to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, let me just go ahead and throw that out there and say, uh, you know, and if you're a longtime listener of the show, you'll know I love Perique. I think Perique just hung the moon. It's fun to work with. It's <laughs> it's it's nasty. It's got a lot of nicotine. It just makes a great great tobacco, really complex and interesting and strong. Um, so I, I love Perique. I'll vote for that. Uh, uh, I love pickles. But I have no interest in a pickle flavored tobacco, <laughs> none whatsoever. I will leave that to some, uh, you know, angry, um, you know, uh, angry, you know, at the world uh, tobacconist out there that is plotting his revenge on everybody else. So <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty good. Um, yes, no, I, mean, I think I think mushroom. I think uh, as you say, there's an earthy earthy nature to it. But I didn't know because I mean, you know, you got the. Um, uh, you know that. Uh, oh shoot! What's what's that substance? Um, the, the clear stuff that smells that's in salt and vinegar. Vinegar. That's it. <laughs> you got that vinegar nature to it. I mean, you yep. also have that pickly nature to it, but you got that vinegar nature to it. So no, I, I didn't right. know how you go with that. All right, yeah, but now I'm, I, I would go with uh, portobello mushroom as well. All right, and then finally, uh, this is going to be on the sweeter side of things. Okay. All right. Uh, this is going to be caramel and so this is obviously less ridiculous from that standpoint uh caramel or mint yeah i so caramel's fun to work with mint is fun to work with i work with both uh on a regular basis mint is very polarizing and and is very it, it can be good but good in very light doses and so uh you know if i had to pick over a over an average uh, you know um, how i'm feeling today what i feel like smoking uh, and, and what I feel like blending with and working with, I'm going to pick caramel generally eight times out of 10. All right. Well, there you go. I would also choose in this situation for pipe tobacco, probably also uh, caramel. That being said, there was a, what was it? It was like, I can't remember if it was a cocktail or a coffee. It may have been like a spiked coffee <laughs> that I had once when I was in uh, Cancun. And it was called like like Smoker's Companion or Smoker's Delight or something of that nature. And it was a, it was a mint, like mint cocoa cappuccino or not a cappuccino, but espresso (laughs) with like a shot of something. And it was great. They served it right next to this, uh, the cigar bar and uh, I really enjoyed it. And so I love mint as a compliment to something that I'm smoking, but I don't know that I would enjoy it as kind of a flavor of a pipe yeah, tobacco. Yeah, it, 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 it can be very intense. We, we have a tobacco that I won't name because we uh, try to keep it, uh, the ingredients of uh, all our tobacco secret. But one of, one of our blends has a tiny, tiny, tiny dash of mint uh, included in it. And the amount of mint that I have to put in that particular blend uh, when we make that is so incredibly small uh, that it, that it you know, a little bit goes a, a very long way and so every time i think about it i uh i kind of laugh at that yeah there you go all right well that's quick fire questions for this week and hey like i said we we are in need so uh y'all be sure to send in those (laughs) quick fire questions uh you can email them to the show at show at countrysquireradio.com again that is show at countrysquireradio.com your thoughts your comments listener feedback listener feedback All right, man. Listen to feedback. You want to take this first one? Yeah, sure. Let's see. This comes from Jason Wamsley. He says, uh, in reference to the craft old-fashioned, there is a brewery Mm. near me that will infuse their oatmeal 
porter uh, with smoke by filling the glass with the beer and then allowing it to sit in a glass box while some tinder burns and fills the box with smoke. Uh, the result is deliciousness. Uh, there is definitely a difference in the smoked and non-smoked oatmeal porter. And that's from Jason. So, yeah, cool, man. That You know, they're doing the same kind of thing. He's uh, mentioning that uh, old-fashioned the other day we uh, mentioned on the last show or, or maybe the show before that where a, uh, a dear friend of mine was making uh, some cocktails and had added this Presbyterian mixture, kind of uh, charred it, and then and then turned the glass upside down to kind of infuse it with that smoke, and it was really, uh, really tasty. So um, yeah, cool. It's good to good to hear other folks are doing some similar stuff with uh, with other cocktails. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I've got to try this because like that this is this has been bothering me after after getting this email. I thought about it and I realized that I I had actually heard about this before because a, a good friend of mine got like some sort of device for this exact purpose yeah. recently. And I mean, this is a good friend who lives like in Nowheresville, Arkansas. We just lost all our Arkansas listeners. He lives in <laughs> Nowheresville, Arkansas. And I'm like, how? this is like the most hipster thing ever. How, how do you know about this? And I yeah. don't know about this. You know what I mean? And so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to like research this because I feel like it's something that, that you want to, you know, you don't want to just like, Alcohol and fire is not something you necessarily want to just experiment with. I don't know. It sounds awesome to me. <laughs> no, it you does. Know. But I, I, so, I mean, I don't want to blow up the house. No, but Bo, actually, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, quote, unquote, Nowheresville, Arkansas. There's a uh, right here in, in our hometown of, of Jackson, one of our suburbs that's kind of out a little bit in Rankin County is called Brandon. And Brandon is not the type of place you would think of as our uh, kind of cosmopolitan <laughs> center uh, in Jackson. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a, a bedroom community. It's kind of out in the country, quiet little town, um, you know, and, and nice people that live out there. Uh, you know, I've got some friends that live out that way. But in the little downtown area of this downtown, they have a really awesome bar that someone opened up. It's the only bar in the city, as far as I'm aware. Uh, but they make some really cool craft cocktails that um, that are, you know, along these lines and are experimenting with all this crazy, uh, you know, these contraptions that infuse it with uh you know uh, the smoke and and all kinds of other stuff so anyway it's uh it's kind of neat you know it's uh, i think i think it's a lot more common than maybe um you and i who don't get out very much uh realize <laughs> see that's what it, we're really the nowheres about people i think like, you're that's right. what it comes down to <laughs> i think you're right <laughs> No, that's right. Sometime remind me, and I'll have to tell you about the uh, the time I was run out of Brandon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Why does that not seem very far fetched to me? No, no, it's, it's, I mean, I yeah. Anyway, okay, uh, okay. So let me get this uh, next one right here. Thanks so much for that, Jason. We appreciate it. And uh, if if I do experiment, I'll I'll let you know. Uh, all right, next one is coming in from M. Thompson. This is what M. has to say. Tonight I sat down to listen to this week's show. I reached into my pipe tobacco bag all the way to the bottom and pulled out the 50th anniversary tin. I looked at it and was like, you know what? I'm going to pack a bowl. What, what's interesting is I had not seen that the show's name was in fact 50th anniversary and was really surprised. It was, uh, it was meant to be. What a beautiful blend. Thank you so much for this blend. Uh, and again, that is from M. Thompson. Well, man, that's uh, how fortuitous. That yeah, <laughs> I know, great. right? That's great. I'm glad to, glad it worked out. Yeah, we've gotten some other feedback, folks, that enjoyed our uh, kind of expose on our 50th anniversary tobacco. And um, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad it's been a treat for people. Absolutely, man. And I, you know, I always love that. I mean, that's something that we do with, uh, you know, obviously the tobacco talks or any kind of uh, centric product or, you know, be it a blend or a pipe, what have you, whenever there's a focus, I always like the idea that maybe somebody has, is enjoying that very thing at the time. Cause on the one hand, it's just, 
you know, one imagines it's a, it's, it's a nice, you know, combination where you're hearing us talk about the very thing that you're enjoying. On the other hand, there's, there's a, uh, there's an accountability factor because if, if they hear you talking about the blend and they're smoking, be like, well, I don't get any of that when I'm smoking this way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, uh, I know it. The angry emails can come in, which has never happened. But that, I, like I said, I, I think the accountability system. You is tasted out there. what in yeah. what tobacco? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. Well, hey, we uh, we really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in and uh, and enjoying the, this particular week's episode for you know the the controversy that is uh, the defense of aromatics. I, I have a feeling we will get some emails and some thoughts on this from both the people who. Uh, you know, are, are more in the English camp and maybe more in the aromatic camp. Cause we know that both very heavily listen to the show and both are very strong about their opinions. So that's, uh, I, I say, I say, bring it on. I, I look forward to that, uh, that commentary <laughs> pipe smokers wrestling match. We, we need to do that. The next Chicago pipe show, <laughs> man, terrifying. Uh, of course you could do that by uh, writing into the show. You can reach us at show or rather show at country You can also follow us throughout the week. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. All that on Twitter, but of course, all the uh, more links to other social stuff and whatnot over at CountrySquireRadio.com. Man, okay, so this was great. I love this. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we we uh, we recorded, uh, we recording in the morning as opposed to the afternoon, and you know, I'm, I'm being that I'm more in my morning sense. I've, I've I've been enjoying this, man. My my energy level has been high, and I I just I want to say. As someone who takes note of uh, of how you you react to my transitions, my 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 my, my sponsorship transitions, <laughs> I just want I just want to point out how excited you were for this particular sponsorship transition, and that it happened uh, before noon. So yeah, uh, out there. <laughs> try to twist the arm, why don't you? <laughs> nah, it's cool, man. We've uh, we'll, we'll be getting back to our regular recording schedule. And uh, man, I, you know, I, I failed to mention this at the top of the show, but um, you know, latest projections in Houston are that the second surge is. is uh, you know, uh, what do they call it? Plateaued and is starting to kind of downturn. So, oh, that's good. I'm taking that as an acute, uh, a cue that I can stop my my liquor fasting and start drinking again. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm also very much looking forward to that. <laughs> Whatever helps you sleep at night, dude. <laughs> ah, whiskey. All right, man. Hey, let's, let's go have a day. See you, brother. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, 
and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.